Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Matthew Swain and his wife, Mrs. Angela Swain, to the podcast. Dr. Swain serves here at Midwestern Seminary as Associate Professor of Worship Ministries, and Mrs. Swain serves here as Associate Professor of Music and Director of the Voices of Midwestern. Friends, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the pastor and the worship team, and this is a conversation that we've been trying to have for like six months, it seems like, and we, uh, several <laughs> times true. from my end, several times from your end, we've had to postpone this and mm-hmm. reschedule and then reschedule and then reschedule. So here we are, uh, early December in the studio, recording this conversation. It's a delight to be here, uh, a delight to be here with you, um, both based upon the topic before us, but also based upon our long uh, time ministering together, going back to uh, the mid-2000s in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Then God called you guys to come into Western Seminary, I guess, was that 2014? Mm-hmm. 2014. And uh, to see the years pass here, uh, our kids grow up together, y'all to serve the institution in so many different ways, most visibly, most frequently uh, in chapel, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Then, of course, through the students in the classrooms day to day. And so here we are, um, kind of as the a very full semester is rapidly coming to a conclusion. The year, which has been very full, the calendar year is coming to a conclusion. We get to talk worship here in the studio together. And I hope to do so in such a way that uh, is encouraging to pastors, to ministers, to um, to worship leaders. And uh, and because uh, these relationships matter and this topic matters. And uh, as we serve together, again, in institutional and local church settings over the years, it's just been a real source of personal delight and encouragement to get to do this with you guys and uh, and then to be in the studio today for this conversation. So as we get going, uh, give us a word of update on you guys, family, ministry, stage of life, those types of things. Well, yes to all of that. It's all happening at rapid speed. Um, recently, you know, my father passed away a few weeks ago. And, and of course, the stage of life we're in is in that stage where we find ourselves with hands down toward our children and with hands up toward our parents, kind of sandwiched in there together complicated by the distance. And, you know, you all have experienced that as well. And, but honored to trust the Lord in these things as we give care to our parents, both of us having lost our fathers in the past, literally two years. And, uh, and then our children are ages 11 and 13 and all that that entails combined with life in the local church and, and responsibilities here. But the Lord is so kind to use all those things together to uh, help us love one another, help us point our kids to what's right, hopefully modeling that well, even without words, as they see us literally giving care in those situations. Uh, but all is well, even even amidst grief, as it should be for the believer, um, and that we trust him in these things and just follow him and live as we should. Yeah, I think God has been so good uh, to to remind us in really sweet and poignant ways. Um, you know, over the last five years, we've experienced just a, a wealth of different uh, trials and different uh, seasons of suffering. And and we know the Scripture tells us that we can expect that, right? Um, and I think w- in the last few years, we have really, um, we've experienced it in more of a concentrated uh, form. Uh, we're no different than anyone else. Um, but God has been so gracious um, to even remind us that He walks with us in every step of the way. It doesn't change our calling. It doesn't change anything about us. It just uh, He has used it to draw us closer uh, to Him. And even even the the um, you know the sacrifice of 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 being called to ministry is one in which you lay down your life. You know that you are when you are 
giving yourself vocationally to ministry, that means that you could go anywhere, right? The Lord could call you anywhere. And we've always been kind of betwixt about being so far away from aging parents. Um, But even in this season, God has been so kind to uh, even bring our now our widowed mothers here to Kansas City, things that we could have never planned on our own. God is uh, has has in His grace and in His kindness woven a tapestry far better than we could have ever imagined. It's been really encouraging. Yeah, and look, I was position position you guys to to touch on those things. You each have lost, you know, a parent. Your your fathers, more specifically, in the past several years, Angel, the past several weeks, few weeks, and uh, also you refer to these kind of obliquely, but you each have had health challenges, a cancer each one of you've dealt with. So there's been a lot the past four or five years, and look uh, to see you guys not just exist through it, but worship through it. Mm. And boy, there's a big difference in the two, yeah. and that does speak to the integrity of your ministry that even through the trials of life, to see you guys worship and lead worship through it. So we're talking about worship, and uh, tell me, tell us how you guys, you know, briefly tell us how you guys kind of wound up in worship ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, I surrendered myself to uh, to vocational ministry when I was a, col- a college freshman. Um, I had grown up and had musical gifts my entire life, and uh, and I knew in some way, shape, or form that God had called me to to serve Him. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what that would entirely look look like, but uh, it was during my freshman year that God placed people around. Around me to say, you know, you have been given a gift um, of music and you seem to thrive and do really well in the context of the church. And I felt a, a great sense of joy when I used those gifts, not, not necessarily to bring pleasure to others, but really to use those gifts in the context of the local church to, um, to honor the Lord and uh, to give back to Him um, that which He gave to me. Uh, but also to encourage others in their faith. Um, and so from that point, it was just a, a matter of doing the things that I needed to do to adequately prepare myself, which included my undergraduate schooling and uh, my training and equipping in, in my musical skills, and then going to seminary where I was uh, better equipped theologically to even think uh, in more robust ways about how to utilize my my gifts in the context of the local church. And of course, that's where I met uh, Angela and God has uh, saw fit to to partner us together in in ministry. Right, and so for me, especially as a woman, that looked different. Um, and so the, the kind of the fast track version is, I always knew that there was a setting apart for me. I don't mean that in an elitist way, but that in the sense that generally all of us as Christians are called to be set apart and to serve where, wherever the Lord calls us to be. But I felt early on that that would really be in the local church. I wasn't sure what that would look like, especially as a woman. Uh, but circumstantially, the Lord showed me all along the way, as I just, I tell, especially some of the females that I uh, help disciple here on campus, just be faithful in the daily, whether it's going to Walmart or going about your business, be faithful. He will lead you to it and show you what that looks like. So for me, I did wind up being at seminary, but the the track there was just as a musician, Throughout the years of of teaching, you know, public school, high school band director, middle school choir, all those things, even taught some undergraduate courses at a local college, um, music, teaching music for its own sake didn't cut it anymore. I was always involved in music at the local church, but as the years rolled by, I felt this very specific call, and and I felt a call to even teach at higher ed, and I wondered if maybe that was it. Um, I thought about doing apologetics. Uh, and the arts certainly needs the Lord, especially in those university contexts. And I thought that maybe I would be a professor at a university and go to seminary to be able to 
gain those theological, uh, just theological knowledge so that I could go in that. And then again, through all those circumstances, the Lord saw fit to have me meet Matt. Things began to make sense as to, as far as even our musical, to, uh, not not just taste, but our musical abilities, you know, run the whole gamut of the musical spectrum, which is church music in terms of stylistically uh, what our strengths and weaknesses are fit hand in glove. Uh, so it, it, it really kind of began there in terms of the local church ministry began with our relationship even there, uh, those many years ago now. You know, I have many weaknesses, as you guys well know. Uh, one of the more recognizable weaknesses and one of the weaknesses that, uh, <laughs> that, that I most regret uh, it is just on the musical front. I mean, I, I am not musically inclined, not musically gifted, can't carry a note, can't carry a tune. Um, but I love music at the same time. I love to sing. I, I love, um, I mean, I have music playing the whole time in my study. I, I love them. I'm, I'm shaving in the morning, getting dressed to listen to hymns. And so I, I, I have an affection for music, but just not a competency in it. Now, but there are others who, who have an affection for music and even a competency for music. But they still, though called to music ministry, they are reluctant for whatever reason to actually pursue formal musical preparation and with that formal theological training in an institutional context like Midwestern Seminary. Uh, why is it more important? Why is it important that, that one leading music can do more than just strum a guitar, but can actually be equipped more thoroughly in the field of, of musical studies and also be more equipped in the field of theological studies to actually not just strum a guitar or bang on a keyboard, but to lead worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. You know, um, certainly having having musical skill is necessary uh, when we're called to music ministry, right? I mean, it's we've we've got to be able to uh, stand up and be skilled. Um, and skilled in a variety of ways, but that is not that is not the end all be all for us. Um, we recognize that uh, that our theological f- uh, foundation is most important because really what we're doing is is we're ministering to people. Um, we are um, we're ministering to the hearts and the souls of of individuals who come into our church who need truth and who need um, the words of Scripture and who need much more than just a beautiful tune. Um, we we need to be able to impart um, truth uh, to people and things that and truth um, that will that will uh, that they can walk away with and that's tangible that they can carry uh, with them from uh, from the ha- from our houses of worship and so um, you know as we're thinking about um, the the this the gift of music the skill of music certainly being skilled is important um, but uh, having a having a theological foundation so that we can minister to people and pastor people and shepherd people with that gift is absolutely critical. And quite frankly, having strong theology also helps inform how I, as a skilled musician, even uh, practice and 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 utilize that skill. Uh, it, it helps me think rightly about it. I think also a good example. You know, certainly why we do what we do and the, 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 the mission statement we have and everything is filtered through these thoughts. Um, but I think going back and recognizing, look, taking a look at what theological education has meant in, in terms of musicianship over the, the past two or three decades gives us kind of more of an, uh, also an, an additional part to answering that question 
in that in some cases, um, and, and this isn't limited to Southern Baptists, but when we look at institutionally how they've been preparing those who lead music for corporate worship over the past few decades, it's been one extreme to the other. Uh, in some institutions we've seen where they will address all the musical needs, and certainly we don't need to apologize that musical music is a very practical skill. I mean, the Lord created it as such. You can't avoid having to have skill in this area. Uh, but maybe forsaking then you would see in their accreditation and the classes students would have to take, uh, not so much in the theological realm, to where you would go to another institution and would, they would f- focus mostly on music or focus mostly on theology, uh, maybe in a reaction to what had happened in previous generations, but then not have a lot practically speaking. Uh, so it's been both and, and I, I think certainly the local church determines that and their autonomy of what they're looking for. Uh, sometimes they can just pull a guy who graduated from college and has a music degree, and they can train him under the tutelage of of the staff there uh, theologically to do what he's called to do there, maybe on a multi, multi-staffed multi uh, uh, church. But when we came here, we thought, you know, when we grow up one day and never have our in, you know seminary that we would plan these things, it would be a very much a balanced, instead of this pendulum swing back and forth of preparation, that it would be a yes and amen to both that we can't apologize for being musicians, for being artists, and for giving God glory in that preparation, uh, because we certainly want to be the best musicians we can be at the local church. We don't want everyone out there to be better musicians, right? right? Uh, But at the same time, that has to be filtered through a theology of why we do what we do and what this looks like at the local church. My musicianship at a high school to prepare the marching band was much different than my musicianship in the church. That was the same level of musicianship in terms of skill. But why I did the things I, I would do, how I would rehearse, um, how I would talk to those with whom I was rehearsing, uh, that was all different and, and filtered through a theology of music and a theology of worship. It wasn't watered down. If anything, it was quite the opposite. And so I've seen friends who go into ministry who maybe have one or two great music degrees. They love the Lord. Certainly we've experienced that. We served in churches before we received theological education. And shamefully, I can look back on those years and think, oh, goodness, you know, even my song choice was based on such practicality, like this is a great song. Everybody loves it. And oh, look at this song. It's in the same key. Let's just put them together. Rather than is this song even good for the congregation? Does it even reflect a right theology? Uh, you know, it might be aesthetically pleasing or nostalgic, but is it good and right? I, I had ne- I had not put on that filter yet, which is what seminary did for me. Uh, and I think there was a movement even in the past decade or so where not a lot of churches, even Southern Baptist churches, were looking to the seminaries because they had different ideas of what they needed. That was even changing um, across the land. Um, we we only we only need a guy who's gr- a great singer. He doesn't need to have musical skill, and and they saw it as just being a, a vocal leader for everyone, not seeing that they're, they needed to be equipped to get the church to sing, to get the congregation, to get those people involved. They weren't equipped for that musically or theologically, but they were a great singer, and they could draw a crowd. And so the movement of how students are prepared kind of run, ran in tandem or parallel to the expectations of what the churches were looking for, too. Mm. And so for us, it's what do the churches need? 
And I think that the, one of the things that has been formational for us in, in kind of coming to the conclusions that we've come to here at Midwestern is that, you know, even our own personal ministry experiences um, in, in a variety of different settings has taught us that, um, that we ought not be ashamed of being skilled musicians. In fact, it's the skill, that skill, which allows us to meet people where they are and develop or move or help shepherd a church in a particular direction or help uh, meet them um, so that we can uh, lead them in singing songs that are of their heart language, um, that are strong, rich, biblical, um, that are encouraging, that are pastoral, shepherding, all of those things. But we could not, we could not go to the different places that we have been called to go had we not had a, a broad set of skill. Um, and that's something that we feel is really, really important. It's it's more important for our students to walk away from a place like Midwestern with a with a strong set of skill, obviously theology being the, the undergirding and the overarching, you know, the covering and the support under all of that, but not being ashamed to say we are we are skilled musicians because having skill allows us to shepherd and lead uh, others in in a more poignant way. Boy, time is flying by here. So I want to transition just for just for a moment and uh, talk a little bit about a work about the worship leader, uh, minister of music, whatever the nomenclature one or one church's one's church uses and the pastor and those working relationships and you know as again we've served together in different settings it's always been a joy. At least from my end, <laughs> it's always been a joy. But what would you say to those listening? Either on the one hand, the the, the worship minister side of the equation, and uh, that you may want to say to them by way of encouragement, as far as working well with uh, the one in the the senior pastor preaching leadership role there in the church, and also what would you want to say to the pastor that that maybe hey, you serve your worship team well, you serve your worship minister well if you keep this or this in mind. Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful to be um, reminded that when we're called to ministry, we're called to gospel ministry, we're called to the same thing. Um, You know, it is uh, that we are called to make disciples of Jesus, and we are called to share and uh, proclaim truth. Um, and for uh, for the preaching pastor, that means delivering, um, you know, solid biblical um, expository sermons or whatever that looks like in your setting. But for the for the worship pastor, it is um, shepherding through song. Um, and so, even though it seems oftentimes that we're speaking two different languages, the the musician is speaking this musical language, um, the pastor is is speaking. Um, you know, a theological language. We're all the, the calling is the same, and so, um, you know, I, I think probably developing strong uh, relational skills between the pastor. In fact, I think I think worship pastors and pastors in general have to work hard to develop um, a, a strong relationship, so that there's open lines of communication, and so that you're working towards the same the same end and the same goal on Sunday morning. I think it's critical. Um, I think it's critical. I think it's it's good for pastors to try to um, have an appreciation for the arts. Likewise, I think it's it's helpful for for worship uh, pastors to be um, to be developing their theological acumen and their ability to uh, teach and preach and do all of those things, so that we kind of see the commonality of what what we're doing that we're in it together. Um, I think that's that's in- incredibly important. The only thing I would add, because I haven't experienced that except as your wife and seeing you walk through that and mm-hmm. hearing you teach students about it, the practical side of 
getting along, and I know other people have written books on it. You use that in class. But it's to say that as an observer, as a worshiper, just a lay person in the church, I think it's good for pastors to take interest in this area and not just leave it to the worship guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean by having a degree in music, but an interest in what that looks like theologically, an interest to know these things. I know, um, you know, it's, it's, we love when, when those who aren't, quote, worship majors, which we say tongue-in-cheek, everyone is a worship major, right? right? <laughs> but, but those who are not coming here to be a music major for that particular area of ministry, we love when they come to the classroom and take a class. They're like, hey, we had an elective. We thought we'd come take, you know, the worshiping church or whatever the name of the class is. And they walk away saying, why doesn't everyone take this class? Because it informs them as a pastor, because they really are the mm-hmm. chief worship leader of the church. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, even relationally, the pull that, you know, the tug uh, there relationally or, uh, you know, the, the partnership of the local church has a lot to do with what the pastor thinks theologically about these things or doesn't think what he has thought through or has yet to, to think through. And I don't think that that it would be in the best interest of the pastor just to leave that to the guy he hires, mm. but to take a personal interest. And when I see pastors who've taken the opportunity to study those things, even if it's just read books outside the classroom, the relationship, practically speaking, at the local church between the two of them or on staff blossoms and flourishes. And that's just great for the whole church. I also think it's, you know, it's it's a good reminder that a, a lot of uh, pastors that go out to serve are not going to necessarily serve in a church that has a full-time worship That's pastor. Right. And so I think it's a, it's incumbent upon those who are preparing themselves for ministry to also realize that they ought be informed about these things. They ought have um, a theology of worship. They ought to think about the things that their that their congregation are singing because they're going. They may be the ones that are actually choosing. Uh, the the repertoire of songs and actually leading them. I know it's a scary thought for for uh, many guys who are going out into either part-time or bivocational or into a rural church or a small church setting, but that is a reality and it's important for them to be thinking on those things as well. Well, guys, thank you so much for the conversation today. I want to encourage our listeners, check out Midwestern Seminary's Department of Worship Ministries. Uh, led by Team Swain. They're a phenomenal couple doing phenomenal work here. And uh, it's just a a joy to get to serve with you guys now, to see our kids grow up together, to be with you in local church settings and then institutional setting, to see you guys train worship ministers and uh, musicians for the church. And so thank you for that work and thank you for the conversation today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.